0: On Sunday morning at around um 12:40 I received a message from Stanbic Bank saying that dear customer transactions for bill payment bank to wallet and wallet to bank cannot be persisted at the moment we apologize and are working to restore the services I and mean, I'm wondering if just like me you receive this message and you keep thinking what is really the problem because up until now I still cannot use uh, my e-wallet to bank, or mobile money to bank, or bank to mobile money, and there's a developing story that has been running in the newspapers uh, this week, talking about how Stanbic Bank, MT Mobile Money, and Airtel Mobile Money were hacked uh, via their third-party platform. In this episode, I'm going to explain to you how the hack happened, the legal implications of the pa- of the hack, and what exactly you need to know, and how you can protect yourself in the near future so please keep listening to this podcast and remember this is the ask me about the law podcast hello my name is Nagaev Jawan and welcome to the ask me about the law podcast the ask me about the law podcast is a place where we have free and honest conversations about the law you can find us on google podcast apple podcast spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from Remember to subscribe to the podcast so that you are notified every time we release new episodes, which is every week. The Ask Me About The Law podcast is also available on YouTube and also in blog form for all you guys who are interested in variety. So all you have to do is check out YouTube. The handle that Ask Me About The Law or, or blog. The handle still Ask Me About The Law or you can find us on our social media handles, which is LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, the handle that Ask Me About The Law. Kindly leave us a comment, suggestion, recommendation, feedback, or you could simply like the, our social media handles so that we can keep having a very interactive conversation. Remember, and feel free to comment or inbox all your legal questions so that we can answer them so according to the CEO Magazine, it alleges that an unidentified hackers broke into Pegasus Technologies. And now Pegasus Technology is a third party company that creates the software which is integrated into mobile money uh, platform that allows um, transactions between telecommunication companies as well as banks and also facilitates transaction both in Uganda and outside Uganda. So. Uh, this platform helps and facilitates transactions from e-wallet to your mobile money account or your mobile money account to your e-wallet account as well as also helping you wire money in case you purchase something and using PayPal or any of that good good stuff so CEO magazine continues to allege that they had an inside source that uh, was willing to give a comment to the magazine and say that Peggy Fast technologies which was handling MTN to AirTear and AirTail to Money Transactions um was hacked on Thursday night and um also Stand Big Bank's FlexiPay was also uh hacked. Stand Big Bank's FlexiPay provides a cashless solution that allows the banks customers to pay for goods and services via my money. So this also includes paying for things like water, electricity, uh um, you know, buying also airtime, remember where in, since COVID has happened, we've all embraced, you know, cashless systems. So most of us were very comfortable with making these transactions. Now, because, um, Peg, uh, application is at the core of these transactions. Some have raised, you know, reservations about if the system is compromised, you know, your transactions from you paying for TV or using, um, cashless facilities and paying for food at the restaurant all these these are very high possibility it was affected so uh tells, you know uh why we need to have this conversation on this podcast and understand you know the legal implications so so far um the communication the joint statement from uh, Airtel money Stan big Bank and MTN alleges that none of the customers um account balances were actually affected i i I am yet to find any ugandans making any comments to this effect otherwise saying that their monies or their account balance um has been affected yeah but um maybe the only discrepancy available is that uh stan big banks joint statement with airtel and mtn was released on fifth october which i think was a sunday uh, or something like that but um the incident is alleged to have started as earlier uh, early back as thursday that's when uh, most people picked up on it and it i, I don't find this very you know uh, uh, peculiar not that i'm justifying it i mean it's wrong because financial institutions usually don't tend to be forthcoming about things uh these discussions because i mean how do you go to the customer and tell them you're I'm sorry to tell you this you've been hacked i mean most of us you know will obviously think i need to you know maybe consider changing banks or something like that because my money is not safe. so uh the first instinct obviously is for them to try and do damage control and all that but yeah uh, it has come to our attention so up until now um some of us are still not able to access or use um our mobile money to make uh, those transactions and some others are not affected as well so it's um it's a very delicate situation like i stated earlier when financial institutions are rarely forthcoming to report such incidences of um, electronic fraud or the likes in fact according to the uganda cyber security report of 2017 95.6 percent of cyber security incidences went unreported and um, uh this and now that's the, the 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 facts i'm quoting as all this 2017 in fact there's an another recent incident of equity bank i think the the hack was uh cross borders between kenya uganda and rwanda and still um we picked up on it like i think a few days after it had happened and and, and still even the banks were not even forthcoming to make any comments about it so uh, you can understand the dynamics nonetheless um some customers allegedly noticed, uh, fishy transactions on their Stanbic bank account on Friday, which, um, where the bank Stanbic bank was uh, sending unspecified some of money to different mobile money users through their banks to e-wallet services. Now, remember, that's how you can make transaction directly from your account to your mobile money account. And then you now purchase anything or say pay for TV or whatever. So yeah. And, uh, all this by the way is happening in light of last week's blog i wrote about i mean last week's blog and uh, podcast i read about um I, yeah the episode is titled stand big bank top bosses sell clients properties to themselves if you haven't listened to that podcast you have to listen to the podcast i got feedback from someone by the way. thank you very much for listening and they were saying it really sounded like a scene out of uh, an action movie but yeah these things are happening so uh while uh you after listening to this podcast, I really really encourage you to play last week's podcast. You will see it. It's titled Stand Big Bank Top Bosses Sell Clients Property to Themselves. You will be very fascinated. Now all this is happening. Last week Stand Big Bank had to deal with this. Now even this week Stand Big Bank is now also dealing with this dilemma. So I think it would be a very bad day to be executive director of Stand Big Bank. Uganda <laughs> like anyway. So the joint statement from Stanbeck, Airtel, MTN, which was released on 5th October, yet the hack was detected as early as third. And um, it reads that Stanbeck Bank, Uganda, MTN, Uganda, and Airtel informed the general public and their customers that on Saturday, October uh, 3rd, 2020, a third-party service provider experienced a system, a system in incident which impacted banked mobile money transaction all bank's mobile money wallet services have since been temporarily suspended the system in incident has had no permanent or impacted any of the balances of both bank and mobile money accounts and our technical teams are analyzing the incident and will uh, restore services as soon as possible we apologize to all our customers for any inconveniences that they may have um, caused and uh, our commitment and reiterate our commitment to delivering seamless banking and mobile money services, it's signed by uh, Anjuko, the executive director of Big Bank. It's signed by also the MTN's uh, chief executive officer and managing director. If you're interested, I'm going to leave a link to this um, this statement in the description box of this podcast. Uh, if you want, you can check it out from there. You are listening to the Ask Me About the Law podcast and I'm your host, Nagari Joan. If you're enjoying this podcast, please give it a thumbs up. Uh, go down to the description box of this podcast. Like this podcast so that we can improve our ratings so that other people can be able to listen to the podca- podcast. I think uh, these events really warranty us to have a discussion regarding electronic fraud. So first of all, the laws of Uganda are live to the situation i've discussed above it's it's what would define as a crime called electronic fraud now section 19 close 2 of the newly enacted okay not newly but the enacted computer misuse act defines electronic fraud to mean any deception deliberately performed with the intention of securing an unfair or unlawful gain where part of communication is sent through a computer network or any other communications on any part through the action of the victim or of the offender or the action is performed through a computer's uh, network or both now the law proceeds further to criminalize and state the penalties for any individuals that um uh, the court finds guilty of committing the offense of criminal fraud and uh, section 19 Clause one of the computer misuse act provides that um, a person who is uh who carries out criminal electronic fraud commits an offense and is liable on conviction to a fine not exceeding 300 currency points or imprisonment not exceeding 13 years so if you are found guilty you are most likely to face a jail time sentence of uh 15 years which i think is is minimum considering the the Outrageous amounts these people attend to steal. So while I was doing this research, I, you know, it piqued my curiosity to try and find out the recent cases in Uganda we've had about electronic fraud. And yo, you will you will be in shock at how much you know people are getting very creative with electronic devices. And don't worry, I'm going to explain the other incidences in this episode one of the most memorable uh, electronic fraud cases i came across was a matter that was before court uh around 2001. in this uh, case it was against mtn for my employees who were allegedly who allegedly executed a very very sophisticated haste um on mobile money scam which uh led to the company losing an estimated 10.2 billion um, in income so uh apparently at the center of this um of this whole scam was one mr patrick sentongo so mr patrick sentongo was at the time working the financial department of mtn and was handling uh all mobile money transactions so ideally no transaction which was hefty uh, would succeed without him um being made aware of so he chose to use this opportunity alongside um his co-accused there was a uh, one Joanne Nabugwao, there was Bra- brian okrut uh angela Alio and uh one mr area uh, and also his. and now this was patrick his boss uh richard richard was acquitted of all charges and um so r- r- so patrick was genius enough patrick created an alias a uh, uh, one ronald and then he uses alias to create um virtual virtual money like you know when mobile money when the person you know when you go to buy mobile money or make any transaction you go to the mobile money person down the street now that mobile money person uh purchases should I call it virtual money with cash so they they make a a payment and say you know they make a payment to empty and say i want float now that that money that virtual money is called float which they then pay for with cash so every time you know they make a transaction you can deposit or send money because remember it's happening virtually you you make the initiation and say i'm going to send uh twenty thousand to person a now uh that mobile money individual attendant will make the transaction on their phone and then the money will um digitally transfer from their account or or, yeah from their account to person b that you're sending the money to now that virtual money is what we call float so for him what he would do is when individuals come to um he would he made this alias and made it look like individuals were transferring money from account a to account b when in actual reality There was no money transferring in real life, so ideally, if there's money transferring virtually, there should be some money happening on the ground, so that um, the mm-hmm. virtual account is balanced with the uh, physical cash now, because of the system that was available at the time, the third party system that was making all this possible that was making the transactions available uh, possible what do I mean by this is that um what would happen is you make the transaction from your bank account for example to your mobile money account now that that third party uh, platform was available that would make it possible for you to transfer the money from your mob- mobile money account to your um m- uh, sorry from your bank account to your mobile money account so he used the loopholes of that system and then created uh, an alias which is um which he named robert and then that alias was the one that was now making these transactions without necessarily having the physical money um manifest and also move alongside with the transactions that were happening now obviously this is very very um against the laws of uganda because the laws of uganda especially in regards to uh, accessing people's mobile money information and bank details is very specific i did a podcast to this effect i think it's yeah it's titled are you safe online i really really encourage you to check it out because it's going to spell out the parameters of the laws of uganda regarding um the bank and mobile money telecommunications the responsibility they have to you to make sure that they protect your information online information i mean even your mobile money pin your account details your name on your account details like unless you consent to have those details released the bank is not supposed to share that information and the bank is supposed to protect it like their credibility depends on it so back to the story uh, mr patrick uh, after creating those aliases and having the money move around and deposit on a on accounts he then made um he then created sim cards because now remember he transferred the money to another account now he has to actually withdraw it to materialize in person so he create he he created mobile money accounts on 12 other empty sim cards and then withdrew that amount um withdrew that amount and then uh when uh i think the officials the top officials were doing an audit they actually now it came to their attention that there was money that was unaccounted for so when they uh, approached him for comment he alleged that this individual had passed away so I mean and the the mobile money accounts were deactivated so what else did you want from him yeah as you can tell the story is quite very interesting and it it, it even gets more juicy if I should say for lack of a better word So um there's something that is called an MTN disputed account um which is allegedly where you know any transactions you make which are, uh, either you made a wrong initiation or you send the money to um through you use a wrong code or something like that and then the money is diverted to somewhere else and you're trying to make payments and the money you know is diverted somewhere else uh that is what that is the the mobile money disputed account so the downside to this is that that account in as much as people make you know all of us make mistakes people make the transactions and they end up in this account very people actually are able to claim that money back so the money comes in but it doesn't get uh, it doesn't remit back to customers so over time remember MTN is one of the largest service providers in Uganda and it's one of the largest mobile money uh, providers in Uganda so imagine how much they collect if we are a population of around what 38 imagine how much it collects if at least every individual makes a a mistake and makes a transaction of around two shillings a day or 20 shillings every day in a month they really make um, ridiculous amounts and if that um, (coughs) amount is not remitted back to the customers obviously over over a period of six months there would be astronomical figures on that account so as some alleged that um, it's suspected that most of the money is uh, transacted on, from this account because it's there, it's mind very people notice any activity on it. And then uh, then also there's so much comment uh, alleging that uh, most hacking activity occurs on weekends because the banks are less vigilant. In fact, um, there is a, a communication from, I think it's on, um, one of the chimp reports or something like that and i'm going to leave it linked in the description box of this video i really encourage you to check it out which alleges that um there was a warning communication from uh, from uh government officials to banks to be more cautious and actually the warning them of an imminent cyber attack because they alleged that uh apparently the system that the banks were using and also a mobile money activity had so many backdoors that um, could be hacked into and also create very dire consequences in fact um, in the article it quotes that um, there is a north korean group known as uh, boogie boys that is notorious for targeting financial uh, sectors across the globe uh, through using remote malware which they then use to um, mirror and also copy your uh, login information to your uh, in to your financial personal information. Like I mean, for example, they mirror and copy your password uh, to your account, which they then use to hack into and access your financial details and wire money to themselves. And um, they proceed to state that um, apparently they use that same uh, software to also clone your SIM card and also now access your your mobile money details. Now this would be um, very critical to them if they are making trying to make a transaction which requires uh, to have your SIM card physically. You know, most of the things that we do um, warrant you to have your SIM card on hand. What do I mean by that? Um, case in point if you are making a wire transaction you need uh or, or actually where am i going to wire transaction let's go with your transaction on your sim card mobile money right so um it's not and you're making the transaction using your mobile money account you're going to the mobile money account and you're asking the mobile money uh, lady or you're actually doing it yourself and you're making the transaction you're going to have to put in your pin information that secret pin that um, uh, they keep encouraging you, you know to share with anyone else so um someone uh if they try to create a hack and uh, copy your sim card information they would need to uh, be a little bit near you so that they can actively create the hack you know uh, r- right next to you so what they would do is they would send some malware which uh, then you they will tell you to either i don't know Click uh, acknowledge or confirm, and then they ask you to restart your phone so that you can receive the upgrade. Now, by the time you restart your phone, the other person has already gained possession of your phone. So, any phone calls you have, any messages you have, any, uh, any anything you do on your phone, they will it will be mirrored to their phone. So, they will actually even see you type the the pin to your mobile money account, which then they will use to make uh, that transaction. So. Uh, apparently, um, according to uh, CHIMP uh, reports, they allege that um, there was communication from government officials warning banks of imminent and imminent cyber attack and encouraging them to try and improve their cyber security, in, especially in regards to Bega, uh, Pegas, which they're using uh, for online transaction. Apparently, they I, I found out that it could easily be hacked especially via sms and also via um cloning of personal details again i really encourage you to listen to the podcast episode i did which is are you titled are you really safe online it will try to give you a bigger picture of what i'm trying to talk about or in or in case you'd also like to know exactly what i mean by uh, someone accessing your online information So in the matter of just of, uh, Mr. Sentongo Patrick, uh, he was, he was found guilty and Justice Lawrence, the presiding judge, um, of that case, the case was Uganda versus Sentongo and four others before the anti-corruption division criminal case number one, two, three of 2012. Um, he was found guilty on offenses of electronic fraud because, uh, the judge based on one, he said that, um, mister Patrick individually participated in creating these aliases online the alias that he used to make the transaction and then two um after making the transaction, he granted himself an authorized license to customers information which he used to make the transaction so the fact that he uh gained that authorization that an that authorization that he wasn't legally allowed to access remember like i said earlier on and i've been emphasizing in this episode access to um unauthorized access to customers information uh, mobile money information and bank account information is against the laws of uganda and if uh, you're found liable you are actually held um accountable under the laws so by that uh on those grounds he was held ala- uh, accountable and i encourage you to listen to a podcast i did it is called uh, you really safe online it will explain exactly what I mean in this provision and then um the judge proceeded to say that uh he also directly benefited from the scam uh, because it was found in when they were conducting investigation that he had purchased uh, properties which were not explainable uh, under the income he was gaining on his bank salary income so it was not there was no connection with the properties he had so he couldn't explain those properties and also his uh, evidence he was giving that he he is a credible trader it was really not backing up remember you have to you allowed a defense and the defense that he was raising of He's a credible trader, that's where he got the money. was not solid enough. And to make matters even more interesting, remember he was wearing the money through um, his wife's uh, business. And uh, unfortunately, uh, at the time of the hearing and the investigation, his wife had fled. And uh, the judge ruled that that was amounting to suspicious behavior. So therefore, on all that logical explanation, the judge found him guilty and he is still in prison. For allegedly committing electronic fraud remember I told you if you're found guilty you are you will be imprisoned to uh, about 15 years when the judge uh, finds you guilty for your crimes you are listening to the ask me about the law podcast my name is Nagaraev Jawan thank you very much for listening it was a pleasure having you listen to the podcast if you enjoyed this podcast please subscribe to this podcast then the subscribe button is on the dashboard of uh, the podcast channel check it out if you're interested and uh, also enjoy the podcast please give a thumbs up in the rating so that other people are able to listen to the podcast and also share if interested to read more about uh, the content I've released also check the description box of this podcast I've left a link to the blog which is more detailed in analysis and also has relevant links of a discussion also if you're interested in watching more visual content I've left the link to the YouTube channel check the podcast description box it is available and while you're uh, on YouTube don't forget to share subscribe leave a comment I like talking to you guys and hearing feedback from you don't forget to share with your friends and family and also Reach out on my socials. My handle is at I am. Um, is that uh, asking me about the law? Just you find me on all social medias: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I'll also leave the links to my personal social medias in the description box of this podcast. Remember to check them out.